Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, January 24th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. Um It's just me today. It is about 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I have to record this because I have a doctor's appointment later, so I have to get the show up um, because I have a pretty big day ahead of me in terms of classes, so by the time I get back, I just wouldn't have the time to... Uh, do the podcast and go to the doctor and then go to the gym later. So I uh, decided to grind it out. Uh, like I said, it's 5.30. Um, but I'll, I'll wake up a little bit more as the show goes. I think this is the best way to wake up talking sports for an hour. But this is a big show for us today because we do have um, reoccurring guest Tim Boyle back on the show. Uh, if you remember, we had Tim Boyle back on. We had Tim Boyle on in July. Uh, he was actually our first professional athlete interview. Um, we had him on in July before training camp. Uh, he was an undrafted rookie trying to make a name for himself in uh, training camp and preseason, and he did that, actually. Um, he made the uh, the Packers uh, 53. Now, he wasn't active for every single game. I think he was active for three or four games uh, due to some injuries at quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, you know. Um, they needed that backup guy just in case something were to happen to Rodgers and Kaiser. Um, but he did make the team. Uh, he was with the team the entire season. He's going to be with the team next year in training camp. Um so we wanted to get him back on and talk to him. He only had a quick 10 minutes to give us because uh, he's traveling around. Now he's in off season, But we do appreciate him taking the time out of his busy schedule to speak to us. Um, so that was that was pretty cool of him. Uh, so that will be later on in the show. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk some football like we always do. That's where we're going to start today. Um, we're going to do more Super Bowl stuff next week. This is our first Super Bowl we'll ever cover um, on TNT Sports Talk. Because if you remember, our first episode was, um, I believe, two to three weeks after the Super Bowl. So we didn't get to talk about last year's Super Bowl. So we're going to cover that a lot next week. This week we're going to cover the Pro Bowl a little bit. Um, as many of you know, I don't really like the Pro Bowl. I think the Pro Bowl's stupid. Um... I get it. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for the players. And when I was younger, it was really cool. You know, it was in Hawaii. Um, it was after the Super Bowl, so there wasn't that many replacements. Uh, and even though they didn't play that hard, they played harder than they, they do now. But they still didn't play that hard. Um, then they tried to mess it up with the draft, and they got rid of the AFC, NFC stuff. Um, they did these drafts, and I, I think they got rid of that now. Um, and it's back to AFC, NFC. But it's still not that fun because next thing you know, half of the players that got elected to it don't even want to play in it. It's basically a popularity contest. You know, some guys that got snubbed um, that really deserve to get in there don't get in for some reason. And uh, or then you have a guy who who goes and he deserves to go like a. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers or something like that, and he doesn't want to go. He ends up not wanting to go in there and play. Uh, he doesn't want to play an extra game. He doesn't want to risk it, even though there's not much risk because the quarterbacks and stuff usually don't get hit, and the pace of play isn't, you know, too fast. But they just said they don't want to risk it, and uh, they know their body can't handle another game, especially if they went far in the playoffs. So they decide not to go, and then we get a bunch of replacement players for the Pro Bowl, and next thing you know, we got Dak Prescott and Mitch Trubisky in the Pro Bowl, which makes no sense. Um, so let's just go through the rosters really quick. I have the rosters here. After all the replacements were done, um, we'll go through each position. 
Um, and I'll tell you what's going on there. So we'll start at quarterback with the AFC. Obviously, it's Pat Mahomes um, and Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady can't go or didn't want to go, uh, so they replaced that with Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. Not too bad. Running back, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsley. Philip Lindsley's not playing, so they replaced him with Lamar Miller. Again, not too bad. Um, I don't think Lamar Miller is that bad, but I don't I don't see him as a Pro Bowl caliber running back. Um, but what are you going to do? Fullback, Anthony Sherwood. Wide receivers, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree Kill, Antonio Brown, and Keenan Allen. Um, the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown aren't playing, so they replaced that with Juju Smith and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver, but he did not have a Pro Bowl type of year. Tight end, Travis Kelsey, he didn't want to go, um, so they replaced him with Jared Cook, and then Eric Ebron's also there. Uh, Taylor Lewan, Andrew Alejandro Villueva, Eric Fisher are all the tackles. Guards, David DeCastro, Marshall Yanda, uh, and Quentin Nelson. Uh, DeCastro didn't want to go, so they replaced him with Joel Batonio. Uh, center, Marquise Pouncey and Mike Pouncey. That is one of the biggest um, problems I have with the Pro Bowl. The Pouncey brothers are good, but they're not Pro Bowl caliber centers. I think they could have picked a couple better centers. Uh, I know they had the names in front of me the other day, um, guys that should have went ahead of them, but you know, I, I don't know where that's at right now. But they are just, that's just a popularity contest. They have two, two twins uh, at the Pro Bowl. Defensive end, J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, um, Melvin Ingram, and Calais Campbell. Uh, I don't believe J.J. Watt's going to play. Um, Geno Atkins and Jarrell Casey and Cameron Hayward are the D tackles. Um, Jarrell Casey and Geno Atkins both aren't playing. So Kyle Williams and Brandon Williams are taking their spots. Um, outside linebacker, uh, Von Miller, Jadavian Clowney, and D Ford. Uh, Jadavian didn't want to play, so TJ Watt. Interior linebacker, CJ Mosley, and Bernard Drick McKinley from the Texans. Cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Stephen Gilmore, um, who Stephen Gilmore couldn't go, uh, so they replaced him with Denzel Ward. Safety, Derwin James and Eric Weddle, uh, and Jamal Adams. And then obviously you have the position guys. Jason Myers is the kicker. Casey Creeder is the long snapper. Brett Kern is the punter. Andre Roberts is the uh, return specialist. And then Andre Phillips is a, is a special teams guy. Um, so you can see, like I said, just going through that, you know, there's a lot of replacements. You know, there's not as many as there were in the last couple of years, but uh, there's just a lot of guys I just don't think deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. You look at Kyle Williams, like. I get it. He's done. He's retiring. He's a legend of the game, uh, and I I love Kyle Williams over his career. He's not a Pro Bowl player. It's just it's not a popularity contest. It should be the best players at the best at the positions, and that's it. And if you don't want to go, um, you don't have to go. Let's just get rid of the game and just name the Pro Bowl rosters because Pro Bowls, you know, they come. They, they play a big factor in deciding your Hall of Fame candidacy later on in your career, um, and just give you know some of these guys pro bowls just because some of the guys in the position didn't want to go is stupid to me you know just because you didn't make the pro bowl and then a guy who did didn't want to go so you get replaced in there and then you count yourself as a pro bowl it's stupid i just i hate it i hate the pro bowl um we'll go to the nfc now quarterbacks 
Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Andrew Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Rodgers, um, all didn't want to go. No Drew Brees, no Goff, no Rodgers. Goff couldn't go, obviously, because of the Super Bowl. So they replaced it with Russell Wilson, who is deserving, and then Mitch Trubisky and Dak Prescott. If you really think Mitch Trubisky and Dak Prescott are Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, you haven't watched a snap of football this year that involves Dak Prescott or Mitch Trubisky. They're fine young quarterbacks, but they're not Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. Running backs, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, Gurley couldn't go, so Alvin Kamara um, was the replacement there, which is pretty respectable. Uh, fullback Kyle Yusechek from the 49ers. Shout out uh, Lodi, that's where uh, he's from. Uh, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams were the running wide receivers. Um, Julio and Michael Thomas didn't want to go. Um, so Michael, Mike Evans and Amari Cooper are the replacements. Zach Ertz and George Kittle were the tight ends. Ertz didn't want to go, so Austin Hooper is the replacement. Uh, Tyron Smith, Teron Armstead, uh, and Trent Williams were the tackles for the Pro Bowl, but Tyron Smith and Taron Armstead didn't want to go. So Lane Johnson and Charles, Charles Leno, I believe his name is, from the Bears are the replacements there. Um, guards, Zach Martin and Brandon Brooks both didn't want to go. Um, oh, also Trey Turner, but Zach Martin and Brandon Brooks didn't want to go, both of them. So they replaced it with Andres Pete from the Saints and Larry Warford from the Saints as well. Center, Alex Mack and Max Unger. Um, uh, Max Unger didn't want to go, so Cody Whitehair from the Bears was his replacement. Uh, defensive ends, Cameron Jordan and Demarcus Lawrence and Daniel Hunter. Uh, D-tackles, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, uh, and Akeem Hicks. Obviously, Aaron Donald couldn't go, and then Fletcher Cox didn't want to go. So DeForest Buckner and Kawan Short took their positions. Um, outside linebackers, Khalil Mack, Ryan Kerrigan, and Anthony Barr. Khalil Mack didn't want to go, so Al- Al- Olivier Vernon from the, uh, I believe, Giants wanted to go uh, and got the, the, got the call instead of Khalil Mack. Um, inside linebackers, Luke Keekley, uh, Bobby Wagner, but, uh, Keekley didn't want to go. So Vander Esch got the uh, replacement, which is respectable. I agree on that. Um, a lot. Uh, I want to check something. Um, okay. Where are we at here? We just did inside linebackers. Um, cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller, Patrick Peterson, Darius, Darius Slay, and Byron Jones were the corners. Um, none of them were replaced. Uh, Eddie Jackson, Harrison Smith at safety, as well as Landon Collins. Collins didn't want to go, so Malcolm Jenkins took his spot. Um, Aldrich Rosas, I didn't, was the Giants kicker. He got the spot. Uh, Don Moldback from the Lions got the long snapper spot. Michael Dixon, the rookie, got the punter spot. Return specialist Tariq Cohen, and then Corey Littleton was the special teams guy. He got taken out because of the Super Bowl. So Michael Thomas from the Giants got the special team spot. So that's the Pro Bowl rosters. Um, it's interesting if you look at it. You know, there's just so many replacements, and this is even a down year for replacements. Um, you look at guys like uh, you know the quarterback position: Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, or uh, Jared Goff. All three aren't going because of the Super Bowl or. Rodgers and uh, Brees just don't want to play in another game. Um, so you replace that with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a very, very, very um, good quarterback, and he should be in the Pro Bowl. He should have been in the Pro Bowl from the beginning. But obviously he wasn't. Um, 
So, I mean, the replacements work sometimes, but I just think at the end of the day, it just gets muddled up and it's just too much, too many players are thrown in there. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just a big popularity contest and I just don't, I don't like the Pro Bowl. I don't, I, I just can't stand it. Um, I won't watch a snap of this. I'll watch a couple snaps of the game. Um, but then you see guys rolling around. It's just, they're trying to jazz it up and make it too much, um, hype it up too much to what it is. Um, you know, with the skills challenge and all that. And it's just, at the end of the day, um, it's just another football game that no one really wants to watch. Um, and they shouldn't play it. They should just get rid of it. But obviously they won't because it produces money and all this stuff. Uh, so, at the end of the day, it's still a shame that Darius Leonard hasn't gotten in. Uh, I think he is the biggest snub of them all. Um, and it does help with the snubs. I'll give him that. Um, but when Darius Leonard doesn't even get in, he leads the league in tackles. He had a great rookie year. Um... It's sad, but what are you going to do? Uh, you just got to move on from that. Uh, a couple other NFL story headlines. Larry Fitzgerald has decided to return for his 16th season. Um, I guess Kingsbury, his uh, his uh, hiring, uh, and a couple other hirings decided to let him stay around a little bit longer. He was going to retire after this season, but he is going to return for another year. Um which if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm thanking God right now uh, because I think having a, a target and a veteran presence like Fitzgerald around the locker room helps out a lot uh, for especially these younger guys. And I think it will help out Kingsbury too in his first season. Uh, so it's, this is a good news for the Cardinals fans. And um, he is still producing as a uh, – you know, however old he is, I don't really know his exact age. He is still producing – uh, he's still a top wide receiver in the game, uh, even though he is this old. He's obviously taken a sharp decline since uh, his prime when he was a top three, maybe even number one receiver in the game, and he's one of the best all time. Um, but he's still producing, and he is still producing at a high level. So this is a good news for the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs. Or we're talking about the Chiefs in a second for the Cardinals. Uh, Chiefs, uh, they decided to fire their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, uh, yesterday. Uh, not surprising news. Uh, I think Sutton was somebody who uh, covered up a lot of his defense's mistakes. You know, everyone was saying, oh, well, they had the number one pass rush in the league. They did all this. Yeah, that's because they were playing ahead most of the time. So the other team had to pass. Um, and they could get they could play a little bit more loose because they were playing ahead. Uh, and they could send some more blitzes. But when the chips came down to it, his defense just wasn't ready. They weren't. Good enough all year. I think all year everybody knew that the Chiefs' defense was weak. They had they had some moments here or there, and obviously Eric Berry out pretty much for the whole year hurt them a lot. Um, but they need some new life in there. That's why uh, a couple names have been thrown around like Rex Ryan, Steve Spagnola, you know, former head coaches. Rex Ryan is obviously the biggest name out there. When he does uh, focus solely on defenses, his defenses are usually pretty great. Um, so that would be an interesting signing for the Chiefs. Uh, as far as Steve Spagnuolo goes, uh, he'd be another name who, you know, I, I don't believe he is with anybody right now, uh, but that would be a good signing for him too because uh, the Chiefs could really use some help. And they got a lot of – this is a good offer. This is a good job opening because they have a really good offense. And to have a really good offense as a defensive coordinator is something that uh, makes your job a whole lot easier. Obviously, we saw with Sutton. Uh, but they got to be better. And if they have a better defense, I think they make it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, last storyline I wanted to touch on was the NFL. Uh, I saw a lot of hate 
lot of heat the other day. Um, people were claiming that the NFL needs to start reviewing pass interference penalties um, where coaches can throw the challenge flag or refs can review uh, either a non-call or a call on pass interference. Uh, and this is directly related, obviously, to the Saints game on Sunday. I hate this. I hate it more than anything in the world. The NFL already has problems with reviewing. It's already taking too long. Coaches review all of this. Now, if you want to make it a challengeable play, that's fine. But don't let the refs go ahead and review this. Just because of one missed call in the Saints-Rams um, game, and obviously it was a big missed call, but it was one missed call. And I think when you make it you know, reviews, you make more reviews and more challenges, uh, that takes the human element out of the game. And next thing you know, uh, we'll be kind of like basketball where every single play is reviewed in basketball. Um, and we get tired of that, and it's boring, and it slows down the game. And the game is so great right now. Um, in games, moments like that uh, Saints-Rams game, uh, that missed uh, pass interference, that's what kind of makes the game great. I know people are going to hate on me a little bit for this, but to make to have something make you feel so passionate about it, you know, there's nothing in the world that you feel more passionate about than football, real football fans. Um, and calls like that make you feel alive. You know, you get angry, you feel emotion, and that's what football makes it. That's when football is so great, when you feel this type of emotion. Uh, and that's why I love football so much, but... To take it away and review these type of penalties, it's just going to slow the game down. It's just going to make it a whole, um, you know, it's just going to add a whole more, uh, I'm trying to look for a good word here. It's just going to make it a whole lot worse, I guess you could say. Uh, and I just would hate it. I don't want them to review pass interferences or non-pass interference calls. It would just slow down the game. And next thing you know, but hey, if you want to make it challenges, you know, and a coach wants to use his two challenges on stupid pass interference calls, let him do it. You know, you never know. Um, but that is something that's hard to overturn or something that's hard to call. So I wouldn't like, like it, but what are you going to do? All right, let's move now to a little bit of college football, but it's also in between college and NFL, the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama is going to be played this weekend. Um, if you don't watch the Senior Bowl, you should. It's usually on on Saturdays. There's nothing really on on Saturdays now except a little college basketball here or there. But uh, nobody really cares that much about college basketball until after till March. So nobody is really watching that stuff. So turn tune in. I think it's Saturday afternoon. Um it's the seniors, like I said, from college. Uh, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this this year. A lot of quarterbacks that are recognizable. You know, I'm going to leave out some. But Daniel Jones from Duke. Uh, Ryan Finley from NC State. Trace McSorley from Penn State. Gardner Minshew from Washington State. Drew Locke from Missouri. Um, I know I'm Will Greer from West Virginia. Uh, and there's a couple more. I can't remember. But there's a lot of good names in this uh, senior bowl, especially at quarterback, you know. Uh, a lot of guys who you could see playing on Sunday. A lot of these guys are going to be playing on Sunday. Um, and this is kind of the first step in that scouting process. This is a time for guys to kind of uh, make themselves known and rise up draft boards. We've seen it in the past. Uh, guys like Alex Kappa last year, Will Hernandez, um, they rose up the draft boards from the Senior Bowl and their performance there. Uh Hassan Reddick a couple years ago even rose up to a first-round draft pick. Uh, and the guy who's rising up the draft boards this year is Kalen Sanders um, from West Illinois State, I believe. I'm probably getting that wrong. He's a 320-pound defensive lineman, um, and there's videos of him doing backflips, 
which is very hard to do as a defense lineman. Also, you throw on top of that, uh, his wife had a baby on Tuesday, um, and she was going into labor, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, they both made the decision to go ahead and go forward with the Senior Bowl and travel down there because um, they knew what a good opportunity this is for him to rise up the charts. Uh, so he went down there. She had his, she had a baby. Um, and it was interesting because uh, I believe Monday's pra- Tuesday's practice, uh, her water broke when during practice. So they had his agent in the stands, and his agent was ready if she was going to have the baby to go down to the field, pull Sanders off the field, uh, and have him FaceTime his wife while she was having giving birth. And the coaches were ready to do that. So it's cool stories here and there. Um, the NFL Network crew does a good job. You know, Rich Eisen, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, and a couple other guys I can't really remember. Um, they do a good job of, you know, telling you about each guy. Uh, and it just increases your knowledge uh, come draft time so you can impress your friends. But uh, shout out to Drew Locke. Um, the guy, uh, I guess they found out when he was in ninth grade, he cheated on a geometry test and he had to go down to the principal's office. Uh, so I guess a couple scouts asked him about that, which is interesting. It's cool. I guess it's not cool because a kid ruined a lot of guys' lives. They just dig and dig. Scouts dig and dig into the path. Um, into the past of these prospects because they don't want to screw up. But they just dig and they find out these little pieces of information uh, and they just ask them about it. And it's interesting to see. Um, but that's it for football. Uh, that's all I wanted to talk about there. Let's move now to NBA. we got a couple storylines in NBA and baseball. Then we'll move on to Tim Boyle's interview. Um, but before that, I had to remind you guys our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping at, uh, to many homes around Northeast Ohio at a low and fair price. Don't get tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies. Turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Uh, give Give A's a call. Uh, check out their prices at 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And their email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we'll cut it. So let's talk about some basketball here. We're at day 77 of Carmelo Anthony. Um, but James Harden yesterday said Carmelo should get another chance to play basketball. And I believe we all know that he will. Um, but we still are at day 77 with no movement. Um, but we will update you when there is movement. Uh, Mike Conley uh, and Marc Gasol are now on the trading block for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. As you know, the Grizzlies are rebuilding. Um, and Conley, I'm surprised they would trade Conley because he's still relatively young. Uh, Gasol's a little bit older, um, so I, I could see him getting moved. But Conley's relatively young. But he'll be a good addition for any team that's looking to compete um, in the playoffs here. Uh, he'll be a, definitely a really good addition because he is still a very good point guard um, in the NBA. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to talk about that happened last night. James Harden continues to just roll forward with his MVP campaign. Uh, he scored 61 points last night, a career high uh, versus the Knicks, which isn't amazing versus the Knicks, but what are you going to do? Um, he scored 36 points in the first half, which was crazy. Um I believe he has 21 straight games of 32-plus points. Uh, He hasn't scored under 37 in any of his last eight games, which is insane. He hasn't scored under 37 in any of the last eight games. Um, And then 21 straight games over 32 points. Um, So 61 points last night for Carmelo at Madison Square Garden. Um, Carmelo, 
Sorry for James Harden at Madison Square Garden. That brings me to my next point, though. He still don't have Melo's uh, Madison Square Garden record. He still don't have Melo's career high. Melo scored 62 points in Madison Square Garden, not 61. So you're going to have to try a little bit harder than that, James Harden, if you want to beat Carmelo Anthony. Um, another news, uh, another news. Victor Oladipo is uh, feared to have suffered a pretty bad knee injury, and he's going to have to have surgery, uh, which could put him out for the rest of the season. This is a huge blow to the Indiana Pacers. Um, it was a pretty scary injury. He had to get stretched off last night, um, and I guess coming out this morning, it's looking like he's going to have to have surgery, uh, which means he's going to miss pretty much the whole season. Uh, he is an all-star, though. He's averaging about 19 points per game, six rebounds, and five assists. Um, and this just sucks because uh, I don't really think Indiana's basically, you know, they really focus the Pacers around defense. They're more of a defensive-minded team. Uh, and Oladipo is really their only true weapon on the offensive side of the board. Um, and to lose him, that hurts a lot. And I don't know where they're going to make that up. They're going to need an offensive guy. Carmelo Anthony, um, but they are going to need somebody to come in and sort of take over that scoring role that Oladipo held for many years. Um, so I'm not sure where they go from here, but this is definitely a huge blow to the uh, uh, Indiana Pacers. So let's do a quick standing checkup like we always do on Thursdays. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. We'll do that, and then we'll talk about some baseball here. Don't have a lot of news in baseball, but... Uh, as usual, because baseball is moving really slow. But let's do a quick standings update. Uh, first place in the East, Milwaukee. Second place, Toronto. They are tied right now. Um, but Milwaukee has the uh, tiebreaker. Indiana's at three, but look for that to change now that Oladipo's gone. Uh, Philadelphia's at four. Boston's at five. Brooklyn is at six. They are surprisingly playing well. Um, seven is Charlotte. Eight, Miami. Uh, and then the nine seeds Detroit on the outside looking in, but they're, they're right there. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, next we'll go to the West golden state, obviously at one Denver at two, um, Oklahoma city at three, Portland at four, Houston at five, San Antonio at six, uh, Utah at seven and the Clippers at eight. Uh, and then the Lakers are on the outside looking in, uh, at nine. So obviously the Lakers are still trying to get back into that, uh, the playoffs, and once LeBron comes back, I surely would think that they'll get into the playoffs. But who knows with that. So we're going to talk about some baseball now. The Hall of Fame uh, inductees were announced yesterday. Let's get into these four names, four legends of the game. Uh, we'll start with Edgar Martinez. He was elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, first, I believe, really DH to get in. He's been eligible for about 10 years now. Um, but this is finally the time he got in, which he clearly deserves it. Um, his career average is three is three twelve across eighteen seasons, all with the Mariners. Seven time All Star, um, I believe he played. Yeah, twelve seasons he played over a hundred games and he batted over three hundred, which is insane. Um, the only reason people were kind of wavering on if we should put him in or not was basically because of. Uh, uh, DH, you know, the big DH debate. But now that he got in, I'm pretty sure that's going to pave the way for David Ortiz and other DHs of the same in the future. Um, next up, we have Roy Holiday. Um, this was a really cool induction ceremony for him. It's going to be a really cool induction ceremony for him, a really emotional one. Because obviously, Roy Holiday passed away uh, from a plane crash in 2017. But he does deserve to get in. Uh, he was 
one of the most legendary pitchers of my generation. This is really the first guy I can really remember playing. Um, a lot of his uh, big moments happened during my lifetime, you know, when I started to grow up and started to watch baseball. I didn't really get into baseball later on until my teenage years, but uh, I still remember Roy Holiday because I remember playing his video game. He was on the cover of an MLB game. Um, uh, I used to play all the time. But also, on top of that, he had two all-star, uh, two Cy Youngs. Um, he threw a no-hitter in the playoffs, which he is one of only two guys to ever do that. Uh, and he threw a no, uh, he threw a perfect game uh, the same year as the no-hitter. So Roy Holiday does deserve to get in, and I'm so happy that he did did get in. Um, just another legend of the game getting uh, inducted into Cooperstown. Next, we have Mike Mussina, uh, starting pitcher for the Orioles and Yankees, who got in. Uh, a pretty controversial one, though, because he never got a Cy Young, which was the big knock against him. Um, but he finished six years. He finished uh, in the top three of the Cy Young voting, um, which is very hard to be that consistent and that good, uh, especially during the steroids era of baseball, um, where you are a starting pitcher. Um, but he always navigated around that. It seemed he was always good, always consistent. Uh, I don't, I like I said, I never really watched him, um, but reading about him, it turns, it seems like he really was a legend of the game, and he does deserve to get into Cooperstown. Uh, last name Mariano Rivera, the first unanimous uh, vote into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was inducted uh, yesterday. Uh, this guy, uh, like I said, I didn't know a lot about him growing up because I wasn't that into baseball. But as soon as you start to know about baseball, Mariano Rivera's career hits you in the face because he was the um, quintessential closer of baseball. He is the greatest closer of all time. Uh, I believe one of the first closers to get in um, to the Hall of Fame, which is not easy to do, um, but he is a Hall of Famer. Every time the Yankees were up in the ninth and that Metallica song started to play, you knew it was over because Rivera was going to come in and shut you out. Whether it was the playoffs, the World Series, whatever, regular season game, he was going to shut you down. Um, and he was probably the most important piece uh, to those Yankees World Series that he was a part of. Um, it really is really important to have a closer, a good closer that you trust in the playoffs. Um, not just the playoffs, the regular season. I think that's some of the most important things to have uh, if you want to really make a run at the uh, postseason. Um, and he really was that. He was the greatest closer of all time uh, and certainly well-deserving of a Hall of Fame. Not just a Hall of Fame vote, but a unanimous Hall of Fame vote. Next in baseball, uh, we have Drew Pomeraz, who signed a one-year, $1.5 million deal with the Giants. Uh, he is uh, coming from the Red Sox, where he had kind of a down year. He did walk away with a ring, but he wasn't uh, really a part of those big moments in the playoffs for the uh, Red Sox, because he sort of fell apart there towards the end. But this is a good deal for the Giants, any way you look at it. If the Giants are competing and Pomeraz is playing well, they'll have a really good piece uh, who has experience in the playoffs for them to work with. If they aren't competing, it's a one-year deal. They can trade him. It's not a lot of money. They can get a good prospect out of him. Uh, or if he's just not performing well, again, it's a one-year cheap deal that they can easily flip uh, at the end of the year and get rid of him. So it's a good deal for both teams, both, uh, both camps, either way you look at it. 
Last baseball story we have is the Miller Park name change. Uh, in 2020, the name Miller Park is going to be changed. Uh, I'm not really sure what to, but American Family Insurance bought the naming rights. Uh, huge blow to Brewer fans like my dad and Truman. Um, it hurts them a lot because uh, I know Miller uh, beer is kind of like uh, a symbol around Milwaukee. You know, the brewery is right across from the stadium. Uh, I hate when... I really don't like this because I hate when uh, big companies come in and change stuff like this. Like when it was Jacobs Field, uh, and then it was changed to Progressive Field a little bit later. Uh, that sucked. But uh, I really don't like these type of things when these uh, big companies come in and change the name for everything. But what are you going to do? Uh, Miller Park. You got two more years, I think, with Miller Park, and that's going to be changed. But let's get now. That's with it with baseball. Let's get now into our interview with Tim Boyle. But before that, I had to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. Uh, D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a fresh haircut at a low price. For only $7, yeah, $7, you can get a fresh haircut at a low and fair price um, and modern styling. Uh, turn to D's. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Me, Truman, and about 90% of our guests have gotten their haircut at D's at least once or were lifetime clients like me and Truman. Um he also started a YouTube page called Unlimited Dom. Uh, that's the word unlimited and then D-O-M. Check it out. My man Dom is killing it. He lost about 85 pounds uh, in a couple months during college, which is really tough to do. Um, he's also, so tune in. He's going to give you tips about how to lose weight, especially if you're a college student, or about how he did it. Also, he's following along his goal of running a marathon, a half marathon, a 10K, and a 5K in one year. Um, he's actually going to do the 5K this weekend with me and Truman and a couple other of our friends. Uh, we're going to be running a 5K, so I'll update you on that on Tuesday. But check him out, D's Home Cuts, uh, on uh, Twitter uh, or Instagram at D's Home Cuts. Send him an Insta DM to set up an appointment. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Um, so let's now go into our interview with Tim Boyle. Uh, this is our first reoccurring guest, Tim Boyle. Uh, obviously, he came on in July, first professional interview we ever had. Um, he only had about 10 minutes, but we do appreciate him giving us his time uh, during this offseason. You know, he was with the Packers the whole season. It was a very long, uh, up-and-down, emotionally type of season for everybody, Packers fans and players. Um, but he kind of wanted to rest, and he's going around traveling with family, a visiting family. So... Uh, we do appreciate him giving us at least 10 minutes to talk to him. Uh, and it was a great interview, and we really appreciate him coming on. So I hope you enjoy it. So here he is, Tim Boyle, professional quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Sounds good. All right. So we now welcome back on uh, Packers quarterback Tim Boyle. Uh, let's just start there. You know, you're, you just threw your first season in the NFL. How do you think your first season went? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have the year we wanted to have as a team, but uh, personally learned a lot, uh, grew as a – as a quarterback mentally and physically, obviously being behind Aaron and Deshaun, it was great for my development as a quarterback. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to earn the respect of my teammates, which I'm, I'm doing day in and day out. And uh, obviously I'm just continue to do that. But it was an awesome first year and, uh, you know, very lucky to be part of the team and such a great organization. Exactly. Uh, especially in the preseason when you uh, got a lot of playing time, did you notice a clear change of speed um, of game from college to the NFL? Yeah, definitely a little faster. It's, it's not as much as people would think from college to the NFL, especially in the preseason, just because, um, you know, your majority of the players you're playing in preseason are, you know, rookie college players. So mm -hmm. 
um, you know, it, it's definitely a lot faster because they're trying to make a team and you know, everyone's showing out to try to make the roster. So um, definitely faster, but, you know, as you grow as a, as a player, uh, mentally and physically, you know, the, the game kind of slows down for you. So I think it kind of balances itself out. Uh, so like we said, we didn't talk to you before preseason. Uh, what was it like, you know, stepping into Lambeau for like a game day type of atmosphere, even though it was preseason, but what was it like being around Lambeau during a game day? It was so awesome. It's uh, There's nothing like Lambeau. Uh, there really isn't. It's Fans are amazing. Uh, they're interactive. They're into the game. And uh, it was awesome, you know, being able to, you know, put on pads and go play for the Green Bay Packers. It was, you know, a dream come true. Definitely. Uh, you touched on a little bit before how guys like Rodgers and Kaiser helped you develop. Um, you know, just how much did they help you in your first training camp and throughout the season? Can you touch on that and how good their experience was for you? Yeah, um, well, I'll start with Aaron, and obviously he's he's a gold standard standard in the NFL. So everything everything he does, you kind of you know take notice of you know from from a distance. You know you don't want to be all all over him and asking him questions left and right. But you know you place your questions here and there that you want to know uh, and that are important to you. So you know you kind of just see his work his work ethic and how he how he approaches each week and um, you know kind of how he goes about you know interacting with the teammates. So he's been awesome, obviously. Um, but Deshaun has kind of, you know, showed me what it's 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 great to be uh, a good backup. You know, he's he's all about helping Aaron on game day and, and leading up to the week, and he kind of taught me what what it's what it's supposed to be like to to help the quarterback uh, as the week progresses. So they've both been uh, very instrumental in uh, in my first year, and you know, obviously very thankful of those guys. And it's been a it's been a fun year uh, with the with the two of those guys in the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. So what was like a normal game day routine like for you over the sixteen games? Yeah, so uh, home games obviously a little different than away games, but home games I'd you know come in for a uh, a little workout in the morning because most of the time I was inactive, so I'd be able to work out in the morning, and then uh, you know put on some cleats and go out and and do my little pregame uh, you know throwing with a couple of tight ends, and then I go out there and I throw with the I throw with the fans, which is nice. You know I think that's mm-hmm. good to kind of go out there and throw with the fans and interact with them, kind of get them excited to the, to to watch the game, and I, I like interacting with fans and kind of. Um, throwing with the with the younger kids, so I've I've always enjoyed that as a as a player. So, and then it's yeah, go back in, take a quick shower, and, and get ready to go out there and help Aaron win a game. So you know I'm like I said, I, I was inactive most of the year, so um, mm-hmm. I have I have a headset on and I I, under, I get the plays called into me, so I can kind of uh, understand what Aaron's doing and what he's seeing. So it was uh, obviously like I said, it was a great learning experience. But um, for, on a game day, you know I I really didn't have that glorious of a role like Aaron or Sean, you know, being suited up. Yeah. Uh, so what was, uh, what did you think you improved on most over your first season as a quarterback? Yeah, I think it's, I think the sh- decision-making cause uh, you know, Aaron was obviously injured the first game. So uh, he was, he was taking a lot of practice reps off to, to rehab his knee, uh, which allowed Deshaun to get some of the, the, the one reps during practice, which in turn allowed me to get all of the, uh, the practice reps um, for, you know, probably half the year. So uh, I learned, you know, I got a, a lot of good reps and, and they were carded. So it, it's not like I was running the offense, but it was still a good opportunity for me to go out there and make good decisions and, and show the team that I was working on my craft. So I think the biggest thing is, is decision-making, you know, staying in the pocket, making sure you're, you're accurate. Um, and, and then I obviously just learned how to watch film and how to, how to, uh, you know, attack each each week from a preparation standpoint and you know it's it's it was a fun year and I learned a lot 
So you you said earlier, you know, the season didn't go as planned. I think we all know that. Uh, sure. After the Arizona game, Mike McCarthy got fired. Uh, was that kind of a shock to you? And what was, like, the atmosphere around the locker room after, you know, people started to learn that McCarthy was let go? Yeah, it was a little bit of shock. I don't think really anyone saw it coming. But, you know, we don't we don't get paid to make those decisions. You know, we, we get paid to play football. So, you know, the demeanor and the, the attitude of the team didn't really change. You know, you got you still got to go out there the next week and play. Uh, play your best football. Um, so it didn't matter who was leading us. Uh, we were still going to go out there and, and be the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, it was unfortunate that we lost Coach McCarthy. Um, you know, Coach uh, Coach Feldman stepped in, did a great job. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really change how we approach the week. Um, Coach Feldman did a good job making sure that we stayed on track and we didn't really change a whole lot uh, from what we did with Coach McCarthy. So we didn't really skip a beat. And, yeah. And uh, we had a good, uh, good couple of games there at the end. Uh, how much did you personally uh, keep up on the coaching rumors and stuff like that, you know, on social media or whatnot? Did you did you keep up with that? Um, not really. You know, it, it's uh, if you keep up with it too much, it's almost a little exhausting because there are so many rumors out there, and you kind of take a step back and you don't really know what's true. So uh, until something's you know set in stone, you know, you don't really worry about it. But now that you know we know who our coach is going to be, we can kind of start diving into. Um, you know, creating, you know, obviously building relationships and kind of understand, you know, the system that's going to be implemented. So uh, to answer your question, no, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. Yeah, so uh, you touched on it. LaFleur got hired by the Packers. Uh, now we're bringing in a whole new regime offensively. I know they're keeping petting. Uh, are you excited to work with that whole new regime with LaFleur? Yeah, I really am. It's going to be a uh, going to be a fresh start that I think we need. And uh, I know, obviously, Aaron and Deshaun are going to be fired up, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, they had a they had an explosive offense in uh, in Nashville there with the Titans, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting to learn the offense and kind of see the terminology put in place, and uh, just excited to kind of go out there and, and fling the ball and, and run the offense. So yeah, I'm uh, very excited to kind of start going and uh, on April first. Definitely. Uh, have you personally spoken to Coach Lafleur yet? I have not. No. Okay. No. Okay, so uh, you're in off-season mode now, getting ready for you know training camp and OTAs. What's a typical day in the off-season look like for you? Yeah, so so the month of January, uh, my girlfriend and I have been traveling. So that's kind of our you know, our decompression from obviously the, the four and a half month grind of the season. So you know, kind of take your mind off football a little bit. You know, it's still uh, you know still working out, still throwing the ball, but you kind of get to travel and, and see family. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first the first week we 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 went down to Florida and, and got to spend some time with some some family down there. We got to go to Disney and kind of relax and decompress. Uh, we're now in uh, North Carolina right now, currently uh, visiting her family, and then we're going to go up to uh, to Connecticut and visit my family. So we're kind of traveling, seeing some family, and then uh, once February comes around, it's kind of time to hunker down. I'll be back in Green Bay, uh, you know, getting after it and trying to. Uh, Trying to get better physically, mentally, and and uh, go learn go learn this offense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of wrapping up, uh, just with a few fun questions. Uh, yeah. What was the cool stadium uh, besides Lambeau, obviously, that you visited um, during your season, whether it's preseason or in the season? The coolest stadium. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Seattle's was cool, obviously. You know, obviously the the tradition of the noise there. Um, but I've always been, you know, when I was a little kid, I was a Patriots fan. So it was, it was, it was very cool to play in Gillette. You know, I went to a bunch of games there when I was a kid. So I think that was the the most kind of surreal stadium to kind of play in because, uh, obviously I was a Patriots fan growing up. All right. Last question. Who's your Super Bowl pick? 
Um, I'm going to go with New England. Yeah, I think their offense is their offense is rolling right now, and uh, I think it's going to be a good game. But I think New England's going to come out on top and uh, get Brady another one. Yep. Definitely. All right. I think good. that's it. Yeah, I think that's all I have. Uh, thank you again for coming back on. We really appreciate it. You know, yeah. You're around. Thank you for giving us some time. Yep. We no really problem, appreciate guys. it. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, my pleasure, guys. Appreciate right. it. See ya. So there he was, Green Bay Packers quarterback Tim Boyle. Uh, again, really cool to talk to him, you know, first reoccurring guest. Uh, really up and down season for the Packers, and he was a part of it, so it was cool to get an inside look into all of that. Um, so we thank Tim Boyle again for coming on. But that's it for the end of our show today. Uh, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and Ace Lawn Service. Uh, go check both of those companies out. Give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify now. Uh, listen to us tomorrow from 12, on 12 Ounce from 7 to 8 p.m. Um, find us on YouTube as well at TNT Sports Talk. So there's a bunch of ways to listen to us. iTunes, Spotify, 12 Ounce, YouTube, uh, Grand Old Sports as well, grandoldsports.com. Check them out. Um, 12 Ounce Sports is the .com uh, for the uh, for that, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Uh, that's where you can send us DMs to be our guests, questions, comments, concerns, interviews, whatever you want to do. Check us out on Twitter. You can also find updates on who's going to be on the show, what's going to come up on the show the day before the show releases. Um, so check out our Instagram, I mean, our Twitter page. Uh, other than that, though, have a great day. Uh, I know this is a little bit of a rougher show because it's early. Um, but I do appreciate you listening along. Check out the interview with Tim Boyle. Um, and we really appreciate everything you do for us. We love our fans. Uh, so check it out. Check out our uh, Twitter and everything else. And have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. We'll talk about the Pro Bowl. And we'll talk about uh, my 5K and other sports headlines that went on over the weekend. So have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.